How does reclaiming who I really am give my relationship a chance? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing really good. Good. Um, I, yeah, I got in my uh, van driving home last night, and you'd stuck a bunch of meat in there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I came. I came. That was way too much, by the way. I came bearing gifts, is all. Yeah, yeah. way <laughs> too much. <laughs> we had a, we had the family nativity Christmas party, and it happened to be the day after uh, my youngest daughter shot her first elk so we had a whole bunch of elk meat to be dishing out so a few people had little packets in their cars and stuff after after the nativity well i'm having elk spaghetti or elk tacos <laughs> for dinner tonight so i mean i sound like a redneck <laughs> <laughs> i know i know i'm sure half of our listeners are like what the heck like why do you have a 13 year old daughter shooting an elk you know <laughs> well, but it was a freaking awesome experience with her we had a whole day in the mountains together we spent some time with god and in 10 inches of snow and sunshine and man it was a beautiful and you amazing got some experience. good organic meat out of it too yeah we did and it was but, it was awesome yeah that is awesome. You, she was pretty, pretty darn excited when I talked to her last night. So. Oh man. Right afterwards, like right after we found these elk and then she's, she ended up pulling the trigger and we know that she got one. I got this little video of her and I asked her how she's feeling. She's like, God, I'm kind of excited. But, and then I said, well, what are you feeling in your body? And she said, I can't stop shaking, but I don't know why. <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, that's called adrenaline, right? Like that's, <laughs> That's the thrill of the chase, you know, and then, and then she kind of had this really cool moment when we finally found the animal where she kind of just sat down next to the animal and she put her hands on it. And you could almost just like see her having this like moment with nature and with the circle of life and coming to realize that, that this life that had just been given was also going to be providing something for our family for the next year plus to come. And yeah. um, you just to see that all settle in on her in a new awareness of like, oh, this is where steak and hamburger comes from. You know, my uh, kids think hamburger comes from McDonald's. <laughs> um, <laughs> that yeah. there's actually an animal that's given its life. You know, yeah. so so that's yeah. why I think hunting is is awesome because it gives that appreciation and yeah. connection. So, anyways, um. That's not what the, today's episode's right. on. That's but, right. It was a good experience. Yeah. So we had a good weekend. Awesome. Well, uh, we're here with Steve today. Steve, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hi, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah. If you could just tell us what's going on, give some background and ask any questions you have. Um. All right. Yeah. I'll try to give a summary of kind of like what brings me here today. Um, so yeah, I guess that, um, kind of, uh, right, right now in my life, I'm, I'm in a committed relationship and, um, you know, I have a fiance and kind of, um, I don't know, about a year ago, like it came to light that, that I've been dealing with, um, sexual issues like some sexual addiction issues and um 
I don't know. And, um, this is, uh, yeah. So it just sort of like really came to light for her. Like, this is something that I've been like hiding from her throughout our whole relationship and, and throughout my whole adult life, you know, kind of like using, um, porn and, um, acting out in other ways to, uh, to kind of escape from how I'm feeling. Um, and so, yeah, just like really, yeah, bringing that into light and, uh, just like, I, I really like traumatized her in that. And it's, it's an ongoing trauma that she's, she's still here and, and we're trying to work through it. I've, I've been attending recovery meetings now. Um, I have a sponsor and I have a therapist and, um, so, you know, like, it's just, um, looking at myself and looking at the things that I've done in my life over the, you know, like I said, the whole of my adult life, essentially, um, not, not being clear about what my needs are and just thinking that other people aren't going to meet my needs and, and are going to hurt me. So kind of just living a, a secret life that, um, but on the surface, things seem okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I was married previously and um, I've since gotten divorced. I, I have two kids, but from, from my first marriage and um, thinking about it now, I just feel a lot of shame for all that I put my kids and my ex-wife through. Um. Yeah, I, I just uh, I haven't been a very good person in my life, and mm. I don't want to live that way anymore. Mm. So, Steve, uh, it sounds like you've kind of started to find recovery. You're doing some of the right steps and finding some support, getting your group meetings going, getting your therapy going. Um, what brings you on to this show with Brandon and I? How can we help you today? I've gotten a lot of, a lot of strength from listening to your podcasts and a lot of different perspective, um, from listening to you guys. Um, it's just, I don't know, I think it's really unique and, and interesting how you do things. And I thought that I might be able to get some, some feedback that would, would help me to grow towards the person that I want to be to, you know. Um, I, uh, I got plenty of feedback for you, Steve, so don't <laughs> worry. Um, but I want to dig a little bit more, uh, first. Um, how old are you? 35. 35. And how, how long were you married? We were married, um, eight years. Eight years. Okay. And you, you say you have two kids and then you've been in your current relationship. How long? Four years. Four years. Okay. Um, and you say you haven't been a good person. Um, I think that's hard, a hard thing to say. Um, and I can tell there's remorse there when you say it. Um, but could you give me a little more details? Like, what do you mean you haven't been a good person? 
Um, yeah, I, I, I cheated on my ex-wife. I, I lied a lot. I also, um, I used, um, drugs and alcohol and I, I lied about it and hid that. And, um, I, I didn't show up in the way that I should have, you know, like in the way that a man should show up for his family. Okay. Um, have you, Tyler, you can interject here. I, we're talking about kind of the, what you've done. H- have you asked yourself the question why? I'm yeah, I'm sure there's times that I've asked myself why like kind of scratch the surface. And, um, I think in a sense, like all of this stuff that I was doing, all of this addictive stuff that I was doing was like a, a way to kind of run away from that question. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. It was the why itself is the part that's like the demon that still has to be faced in order for you to find good health. And I think what's interesting is, is that oftentimes when people ask that question, why, why do I do this stuff? They don't actually ask it in the form of a genuine question. They ask it in the form of a judgment on self. It's like, why would I do such a thing? And and they think that that's going to help them motivate themselves into like becoming a different person. When in reality, what they're starting to do is actually set up more of the same because they're shaming themselves in deeper down into the hole of saying, I suck. I've been a terrible person. I've The truth is, Steve, that just hearing the little details that you've already started to share, which isn't much of your story. It's like, yeah, like you've done some things that are, that are hard. You've done some things that are worthy of regret. You've done some things that are painful. And, and there's a difference in being able to take ownership for those things and have that tinge of like, Oh man, that hurts. I wish I didn't do those things versus owning those things and going, therefore I suck. I'm a horrible person. Like, and, and the, truth is, is I would ask you to think about this for a minute, the things that you did in your first relationship, are you, are you repeating history in your current relationship by trying to motivate yourself the same way you did the first time around? I mean, I think that's a, that is a good question. And that, um, I did, make attempts to be a better person in the past in my, in my previous relationship. Um, but I feel like I, I am trying to show up differently. Like I'm trying to, to really like allow God to change me to like really at the root level, become a different person and not just appear to be a different person on the surface for a while to, to kind of placate other people. Has, how has the, how has the way you try to motivate yourself to change been different this time around than the first time around, or has it been the same? Um, I think that it is easy to fall into the same patterns of you know, like thought patterns, just kind of like discouraging thought patterns when, when the results aren't what you want, 
what I want um, in, uh, in the kind of time frame that I'm expecting or the change isn't happening or I'm not getting like positive feedback. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it can be easy to get into those kind of ruts of just discouragement and, and you know, self-judgment. It's interesting as I'm listening, um, you know, just in this little short amount of time that we've been talking, um, this is kind of a the lens or the perspective that I'm hearing from you. And tell me if I'm off on this, Steve. Um, people are going to let me down and they're going to hurt me. And so I'm going to hide from them and not connect to them. Um, I need to hide and, and isolate um, to, to get my needs met. Um, I'm, I'm a bad person. Um, I'm, I'm a bad person who's trying to be good. Um, but I've, I screw up and I'm not okay. And I'm bad. Um, uh, I'm, I'm hearing those things. Um, and yeah, you, we could go through the history. You cheated on your ex-wife and you've betrayed your current fiance and blah, 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 blah. Right. Like whatever. But my, I guess my question is, is why do you view the world that way? Why do you expect people to let you down um, and not show up for you? Um, why do you connect to people in a non-vulnerable way to try to get your needs met? Um, why, Steve? Um, I mean, I think that yeah, I, I, because I do have the belief that people will let me down and hurt me. Why? Where did you learn that, Steve? In my life experience, I guess as a, as a kid, probably. Like what? What were some examples? older brother who has quite a few struggles in his life um you know and uh like as, as a kid like i'm there were two of us i'm the younger brother and uh you know like i i would hear this messaging around around him like kind of like he's a problem he's like you know he has adhd and like you know he's getting like all of this attention like a lot of times negative attention but i perceive it as like you know, kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want to cause problems for my parents. Like, and I'm, I'm seen as like the good kid. So like, I have to show up in that way, you know? Hmm. So, so if you're the good kid, um, yet you have some sexual behaviors or you have, you lie a little bit or like you do some things, it's like any mistake. I, I can't let them see that because they got to deal with my brother. And so I need to hide who I really am here because I got to be good. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's definitely in part like, yeah, what I'm saying. Tyler, you, you relate to that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to the club, buddy. <laughs> yeah, man. I totally relate to that feeling like there's this pressure on that you can't show any weakness. And because 
because you're you're a kid, you're growing up, you don't know any different. You can't help but be weak in certain places, but then you had to learn all the patterns that you've now learned to hide, to kind of cover up, to only let people see your best side. And what's really interesting is, is that the very things that you were using to protect yourself as a child are actually the exact things that are that are destroying your current relationship. Right. It's mm-hmm. like all of the all of the ways that I've used to protect myself are now the things that are driving the wedge in, in the relationship that means the most to me because I've never learned how to actually let somebody get close enough to me inside of my imperfections yeah. instead of my perfections. And Steve, man, I wish I wish that our audience could see like the things that have been running through you on video that we've been watching as Brandon asked you those last couple of questions, you know, I could see things churning on the inside. I can almost see things flashing across your mind as to like, whoa, like if, if I had all day to tell you all the reasons why I can't trust people there, there would definitely be some things there. Um, and so it makes sense. And this is where the trap is set is like, now you've got a, a grown man who's judging himself for still doing the things that he learned to survive as a kid, knowing that it's ruining his relationships, but not knowing how to let it all down and actually step more fully into some other form of authenticity. You hear the recipe there that this this spiral just being set up for more of the same. You were taught as a young child to that your worth and your value came from being fake. Like really, like wow, he doesn't make waves. He's good. He's not. He's, he's not a like perfect brother, kid. right? And so then you get in a relationship and you try to be fake. You try to hide, deceive, and and it, it it's it's so toxic because not only does it destroy relationships, so it it makes it so that like man, I'm not lovable in my relationship. I want my wife or my fiance to see me and love me and know who I am. Um, but it also creates. Um, it creates the next acting out episode because in a fake way, you get some sense of I'm wanted, I'm seen as I, I, you know, like I, I feel connected to something. Um, I feel like we've scratched the surface. I, uh, and, and Steve, I don't want to push you too far too fast here in this podcast episode, but you know, if we were to really dig into like what your relationship was like with your dad, for example, um, or with your mom, you know, could you give a little insight there? Was it, was it good? Or was it? I mean, obviously as a kid, um, that, yeah, I mean, it's just like your life is your life. You don't really stop to question it. Um, but I think, um, yeah. So in some, in some ways it's like, not until, being an adult, being like having a partner and they're kind of like pointing out like, wow, this is like not that normal to to have a relationship like this, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of like your family seems to be like really concerned about how things appear on the surface. And um, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, my dad, I think like he he's a, he's a good man. He was uh, he was actually a pastor when I was. Um, growing up and, but he dealt with a lot of depression. He kind of emotionally wasn't there in a lot of ways. And so kind of my mom, I think just had to step up and, uh, 
And I think that led to a lot of resentment. They're, they're actually divorced now. Um, I, I have a good relationship with my dad now. I mean, he's, he's supportive in a lot of ways. Um, but I think there are some important ways that he did not show up for me. Um, and those are kind of things that I'm, I'm working through now, but he did the best he could. Like I, he, his father left when he was a year old. And so he really didn't have a father figure around growing up. Um, it's interesting when we ask these questions and Tyler, maybe you can comment on this too, of like what you just described is some pretty um, tricky, confusing trauma that as a child of a pastor with depression, who's emotionally disconnected, it's so complicated because it's like, man, he's a good guy, but yet I feel abandoned and I, I feel not connected to that right. There is a recipe for not understanding masculinity and not understanding uh, the nature of, of God, I believe in, in God's masculinity um, and, and is what you just described. But, but Tyler, what I was going to ask you about and talk about is, and I don't want to go in this direction too much, but as you're talking, Steve, um, in order to become aware of the beast, the, the, the wound that really needs to be healed we have to bring some consciousness to it. And a lot of times there's this defensiveness toward a parent of like, look where he comes from. He had it rough. Um, he didn't mean to hurt me. He didn't. And all those things are true. Everything, all that grace that you're giving him is awesome. That's really amazing. Um, you're not trying to blame him. And at the same time, you're trying to bring awareness to your trauma an understanding of your trauma, because unless you bring that to light and consciousness, you will continue the patterns that he got from his dad that he gave to you. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so it's okay to talk about it. Uh, I'm sure Tyler and I, we could meet your dad and, and we would have the same amount of positive regard and love for him and his soul and who he is and his pain and his depression and all those things as we do for you. Right. Um, but you need to allow yourself to go there. Allow yourself to look at how it's affected you and what it's been like for you as his son. And you can do that with love toward him, but still step into the pain of what that trauma is so that you can grow and learn from it and move forward. There's, there's a couple of things here that are, I think are very common that I want our listeners to understand as part of this thing, because believe me, Steve, you're not the only guy who's feeling the things that you're feeling and going through the things you're going. First of all, I want to point out to you and to our listeners how easy it was for you to just so dismissively say the things you said. I grew up as the son of a pastor. And then you just kind of pass through like, oh yeah, there was some resentment. Now my parents are divorced. It's like, that's just, that's just the facts of your life. But those things are like, those are big deals, especially for a kid who's growing up. And like, Tyler is what you're saying is that he's, he's really good at just kind of being, trying to be tough and moving on and just like, like being I, okay, being okay yeah, with it. Is think, that what I, you're saying? I think this is, you see this all the time with like, when I work with people who have experienced a ton of like big types of trauma, 
what's really interesting is they can come and sit in my office and they can tell me matter of factly all the details of everything that happened in their trauma, but they're all from their, basically from the shoulders up. It's all just, you can right feel, here. you can feel that the defensiveness almost it's just in, just it, in the like, brain it's like i don't i don't want to allow myself to actually go into the shoulders down part of me the emotional part of me and actually this is what you were saying brandon take consciousness like bring you got the mental consciousness but you want to fuse that emotional consciousness with the mental consciousness and say wow like this is something that actually did have an impact on me and it still has an impact on me today and the way that i'm choosing to live my life that's the first thing that i want people to realize is like Yes, like you can you can recognize something rationally, but part of the work here is the fusion of the head and the heart and going, wow, like, yes, I love my dad, I love my parents, and the way things were handled did have an emotional mark on me. And I can own that and I can I can go see that and wrestle that. The the second thing that really is coming up here that you just painted so beautifully, Steve, is a pattern that I think a lot of men that we work with run into the same issue here. And it's this, I'm thinking of a scripture. It says, you know, if the blind lead the blind, they both fall into the ditch. And what we have in our world, I think, is we have so much woundedness passed down generation to generation from father to father to father, that eventually what we've got is a bunch of a bunch of men not knowing how to be men trying to figure out how to be men, you know, but where do they turn? It's like, but where do you turn? Like where, if the blind are leading the blind, we end up falling into the ditch and we get all these like toxic versions of masculinity where there's the conquest of the woman, or there's the need to please her and be the nice guy. Or there's this idea of like chivalry, but it's been twisted into something that's not healthy or good. Or there's this idea of power and force. And they're all like, they've got elements of masculinity, but they don't have the essence of masculinity, like true masculinity. And and so we chase these things. And, and that's what I'm hearing in your story is, is you're looking for a way to find connection, to, to feel good enough, to feel strong enough, to feel desired enough without the price that gets paid to have the vulnerability to get there. It's like there's been this shortcut, the toxic version of masculinity instead of the real version, which is, man, I need to, I need to get into a situation with certain other men who are also learning these principles of what real masculinity is. And then I need to experience some actual, like other forms of fathering from them. And, and that's hard because you look around and look at our world today, like men's hearts are failing them in a lot of ways. Brandon and I have thriving practices based off of the fact that the blind have been bleeding the leading the blind for too long, you know? And, uh, and that's, that's kind of what I heard. I love it, Tyler. Steve, what are you thinking? What are you, you can tell you got a thought there. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I think in terms of how I've lived my life, like I've thought of this before, kind of what you're saying about showing up in a vulnerable way, you know, as the, as the kind of price that has to be paid and kind of, uh, feeling like I've, I've shown up like, I like I'm a fortress. Like I'm just, there's a fortress I'm behind fortified walls and I'm like expecting to, to like really meet, like allow somebody to see me, but I'm just like deep in this fortress and, and it's just not real. 
Steve, it's funny you say that because that's a, that I would describe you that way, just the way I'm feeling. Like, I feel like to get you down to a place where you're crying right now, like that's not going to happen here, right? <laughs> it's like, because you're good at just being a fortress. You're good at just being solid, like pretty non-emotional, shut down. Um, you protect yourself that way. And, um, and, and they're for good reason. The, like those are survival mechanisms that you've used to, to, to get this far in life. Um, but here you are talking to us, knowing that these things are not yielding the life that you want. And so all, like Tyler said earlier, all of these mechanisms that have been good for you early on in life are now destroying you. Yeah, I'm having, I'm having the lyrics of uh, the Simon and Garfunkel song. I am a rock. I'm an Island run through my mind right now, Steve. And it's like, I think this is where the tortured soul comes in is because I happen to believe that you as a man were not created to sit behind a fortress. You as a man were created to step outside of the fortress, go find a worthy battle to fight, put yourself out there. And that's where the savor of life would come in. But that comes with the risk of like, having people see your vulnerabilities, maybe getting obliterated on the, you know, the field of battle, but at least you'd be doing something towards a cause and a purpose. And what I'm hearing in you is, is your heart has started to kind of falter because you've sat behind the fortress for so long. It's like, I know that I was not designed for this. I'm too afraid to step outside right now, but I know that if I stay here, it's going to be this slow, like long spiritual and emotional death. And now. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think in in some ways, like I don't, I don't even know how to begin to do that. Talk you know? about it. Yeah. Um. So you you're beginning it already. You're here, right now. Um. And you're you're finally addressing things for for what they are. You're you're starting to go to some therapy, doing twelve step. Um. Hopefully, hopefully. As you do those things, you're being very honest about what's gone on and what's, and the 12 steps will walk you through a process from um, living in the dark to living more in the light. Um, if you actually do the steps. If you allow yourself to work those 12 steps. Are you working the 12 steps, Steve? Yeah, I I have been working the steps. I'm, I'm working on, um, yeah, I, I am working on those. I'm right now, I'm like, putting, putting more energy into, uh, doing a disclosure. Um, okay. Um, God is calling for you right now uh, th through all these wounds, through this addiction and these, this mess that has been created in your relationships. God is like, get your butt out of that freaking fortress. I need you on the battlefield. And and I really love your question because you're saying, okay, I'm looking out across this battlefield, guys. I want to know, like, what does it mean to actually step on it? Uh, like to actually go go out and be vulnerable. And it's going to be a lot at first, a lot of feelings of like, like this is the last thing that I want to do. It's going to be doing opposite action a lot of times, um, being more open, allowing yourself to be more emotional. Um, allowing yourself to be more connected and empathetic and intimate with your partner um, because you probably have fortified around her quite a bit. Um, 
It, so it's those little things that you practice that you re, you realize this. People right now you believe people will let me down and I'm bad, and you realize I can connect to people and be loved because I'm lovable. And the only way that you realize that that is by by taking those risks and doing the opposite of what you did as a child. Yeah, I think you should give yourself some credit for what you're doing. When you said, I don't even know what to do. In some ways, principally, you're doing that. You know, if I get myself into a good 12-step group of other men who are also trying to find and work the same path, you're already putting yourself in the field of battle with other like-minded people looking to do the same. That is a step in the right direction. Coming on a show like this and asking these questions and having these conversations is a step in the right direction. If you go and you start working those steps where you have to wrestle with the idea of God and higher power, then you have to wrestle with your demons and take ownership and make amends. And then you get to take a look at yourself in the mirror every day and say, what am I doing to become a better person? Those things are all going to be geared small steps towards stepping out of the cave. Um, and so you find find like-minded men who are also trying to do the same things, find true principles of saying, what am I afraid of? Can I go in and systematically make sense of those things and face those things, learn from those things, and then apply what I've learned in making somebody else's life better? And, and if you're doing those kinds of things, you're already acting in accordance with maybe that call to action that you were built with when God made you. Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of, um, that does make a lot of sense. Um, and you know, like I, I feel like that, that is the, like the work that I've begun that I'm, I'm trying to do those things. Like I, you know, in small ways every day, and, um, and, and it feels at times like from my fiance that I'm hearing, like, you know, you're not doing enough, you're not showing up and, you know, and then it, it's so easy to fall back into the old, like, kind of pattern of being discouraged, feeling like hopeless about that, like people are going to hurt me again, and, uh, and to want to retreat back in there, you know. Steve, I, I feel like, and, and I could be off on this. I don't know enough of your story, but I feel like you're somewhere on the in-between of internal motivation and doing a lot of this for her. Um, and, and I just want you to check that out inside yourself. Right. Um, because if it, if you, if you are going through the motions for her, she'll pick up on that. And long-term this recovery is not going to work. It's going to end in resentment, disconnection and all kinds of stuff. Um, Tyler just just listed a bunch of stuff, um, like finding like-minded men, um, connecting with people. Um, I want to I want to keep the fire hose on for a minute uh, for you, and uh, you know you can go back and listen to this and, and make a list of of these things. Um, and and in a, a podcast like this, we got a few more minutes, so we're just gonna dump dump stuff on you. Um, we talked about practicing opposite action to your shame. Okay. Tyler talked about finding like-minded men and connecting to healthy masculinity in that way. Um, I would add a couple. Okay. So um, daily initiation with God and, and you might have to fire your old God uh, who's who maybe a God of shame or a God of whatever, and find that God who just has a ton of grace and loves you and that that God, um, that you can rest in the arms of of that God's love every day, 
And when I say daily initiation, what I mean is five, 10 minutes, an hour um, out, out in nature, praying, in sitting in silence, listening to some good music, where it's just, I just, I'm going to allow God to speak to me. I'm just going to open space for that. Um, okay. Uh, I would highly recommend that your therapy be focused on dealing with your, your uh, trauma wounds and doing your trauma work and not focused on just the rebuild the trust in your relationship right now. Um, you're kind of putting the cart before the horse a little bit, I think. I don't, Tyler could disagree with that, but um, really reclaiming that masculinity inside of you, um, getting comfortable with the real version of you and not the fake version of you um, by doing your trauma work, initiation with God, opposite action, and surrounding yourself with good men and just practicing transparency and honesty as much as possible. Right there's the recipe for you to actually start to discover who you really are. Tyler, anything you'd want to add to that? Yeah, I want to come back to, so those are beautiful, Brandon. And I would say doing the step work that you're doing will also take you into the spaces where your wounds are. And yes, that's where throw that in. Some, you're going to do some learning as well. So that I would add that to the list. Um, but and I want to come back to what you said about, I take I take everything that I'm doing and I take it to my fiance. And my, my fiance says, well, you're not doing enough. Like, I got news for you, dude. Like you could, you could take the next 24 hours and do nothing but recovery work. You could do, you could do one step per hour for the next 12 hours. And then you could go to an empathy class for three hours. And then you could go climb the mountain with a bunch of men. And then you could like come back and tell you, tell your fiance how much you love her and how sorry you are for everything you've done and give her a full disclosure. And I got a pretty good idea that that that's not going to be enough because you're not going to be able, this is the hard part about recovery. You've done things that have harmed her that you can now not repair. You can only focus on becoming your best self. And I, I, I show a video sometimes in my group of this transformation of a guy where he's like 300 pounds. He can, he's in a wheelchair. He can't even walk, but then he starts doing some things a little few steps at a time. And it shows day by day his transformation. And a couple months into his transformation, he starts doing yoga and he starts like realizing, wow, he's dropping weight like crazy. He's starting to get more flexible. And he tries to do a headstand in his house. And as he gets to try to do his headstand, he falls and he like smacks into his curio cabinet in the house and like almost knocks it over. And he like looks up and he says, just because I can't do it today doesn't mean I won't be able to do it someday. And, and when you're being told that's not enough, you have to look inside yourself and say, am I giving a full hearted, honest effort? And if I am, then the response back is, I know I can't do it today, but I'm hoping in the future, I'll be able to do it someday. And that's the best I can do. I'm going to keep doing that work. And in a sense, your fiance, because of the place that she's hurting from, She's not going to be able to actually give you the answer you're looking for as to whether you're doing it or not or enough. The measuring stick is the inside out. What did I have in the tank today? If I had 100%, did I give my 100%? Yes, you win. If I had 60%, did I give my 60%? You win. That's, that's the measuring stick from now on. It's between you and God, and it's being honest with yourself. Does that make sense? Tyler, I want to clarify something you said, because I, I think like right there, 
Steve, you heard like a decade worth of experience, just like blah, come at you. <laughs> um, because, and I think a lot of people that I go over their heads, what Tyler just said, yet it was so profound. Um, have you, like when he said, you can't repair the things that you've done. Um, what, what he knows and what I know is you can, you can go beyond repair with, with those things. So, but, but like, do you know what a kintsugi bowl is? So Explain it, Brad. A kintsugi bowl is like a glass bowl. And, and in Japan, they'll drop it and they'll shatter the glass. And in some ways, it sounds like you're trying to pick up the pieces and you're trying to stick them together and like tape them together and then try to give it to her, right? Like here, I fixed it. Um, but a kintsugi bowl is a bowl where they take it and they, they fuse gold in between the cracks to repair it. And it makes the, the bowl uh, much more valuable and much more beautiful because it's the, now this, this like white or whatever color bowl, um, lined with gold all inside of it. And it's stronger and it's more beautiful. And so you can't fix those cracks. Those cracks have happened. Things have happened. The past is the past. Um, but the way that you line it with gold is not by trying to tape it together and give her the perfect bowl back. The gold that we're talking about is this masculinity and is this understanding of your real self. That's what allows that gold to come in and create the, the beautiful bowl, the recovery. Um, that's there for the taking. but. Steve, here's, here's the thing. You have to get yourself to a place where you're going to create that gold regardless of her. And that's what Tyler was saying. You could do everything right. And if she says, no, not good enough. If you fall apart right then, and that's what your recovery is based on, then your recovery is not going to last. Do you understand that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. So um, Steve, we're getting pretty close on time. I'm wondering if we've touched on anything that's been on your heart, if you have any other thoughts or impressions right now. Um, I, I really appreciate all of the uh, great advice you gave me on, on things that I can work on doing. Um, and yeah, I, I appreciate everything you've said and um, shared with me. Um, I, I do feel more hopeful about the future. Um, so, yeah, thank you. If if there's one thing I could do, which I know I can't right now, Steve, as I'm looking at you and as I'm hearing your voice, if there, just just know that I wish I could do this. I wish I could reach through the screen and first give you a big hug. And then I want to reach right into your heart and just start squeezing it and pumping some blood through it, man. Like there is life in this process, there is energy to be found. And I know you sound, you sound a little bit like you're downtrodden and beat up, but, but step-by-step, step, I promise you that your heart's going to start to beat more fully. You're going to start to come alive. You're going to start to find some energy that you never thought existed inside of you. If you'll just take the steps one day at a time, give your, give what you have, let that heart start to come back to life. It is entirely possible. I want to, I want to end this episode by may, maybe saying something uh, that'll make you really uncomfortable. <laughs> That's and, Brandon's job. Yeah. But it's so simple. 
right? Like you say you're a bad person. I'm going to say you're a good man. Like you are a good man. And, and all the things that you've done don't change that. Your soul inside of you, who you are, you are a good man. And if we sit in that, I know that's uncomfortable. Okay. Um, Steve, thank you for being on the show. Appreciate your vulnerability and your courage to be here. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it, guys. If you guys have enjoyed this episode or you know somebody else who has a man who has a faltering heart, please share this with them. Let's 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 turn this tide. And Steve, again, thank you. Thank you for what you brought today. Really appreciate it. All right. See you guys.